Hello, and welcome to Your Care, Your Rights, Your Voice. I'm Marie Painter, your host. Today, the topic is how to talk to your doctor. We know that many times individuals go to see their physician or their healthcare provider, and they have concerns about what to ask, how to address concerns they might have, and how to speak with them truthfully about Many individuals have concerns about how to speak to their medical providers, whether it be their doctor, their APRN, or even um, a nurse practitioner. And they wanna know how to address concerns that they might have, um, speak to them about medications, or even about things that they don't want to choose to do. So today I am joined by Caitlin Quas from the Center for Healthy Aging at Hartford Healthcare. And I wanna welcome you. Hello, Caitlin, how are you today? Hi, Mairead. I'm Katie Quas, and I'm so happy to be joining you today. Thank you. And we don't promote any one company or group, um, but I want to let individuals know that as part of this podcast, we will be having other professionals from around Connecticut and around the nation join us to talk about um, areas that we want to explore or issues and concerns. So thank you for being here with me today. And um, Katie, I don't know if you want to tell us a little bit about yourself and about the center. Yeah, of course. So um, I've been with um, the Hartford Healthcare Center for Healthy Aging for about um, three, four years now. And um, I've learned so much. Uh, We really focus on populations with um, older adults, our geriatric population, and working with um, not only just clients, but also with with families as well. Um, So we have multiple locations throughout the state, and uh, we're really like a resource uh, center, um, providing information and connecting people to different kinds of social or or medical services. Um, So I... um, was drawn into the center just because I have a background in public health. Um, so I um, have my master's and um, uh, uh, master's in science and nursing with focus on public health and um, really loved um, working in the community and um, all about prevention and um, health promotion and education. And I'm all about advocacy as well. I'm in the Connecticut Nurses Association, so do a lot of legislative work as well. So um, I'm happy to be here today. And um, fun fact, I have two little boys, um, about two and uh, four years old. So um, and um, a native of, uh, well, I've, I've been living in Newington, so um, I'm central part of the state. Wonderful. Well, thank you. Thank you for being here. So when we talk about questions people might have when they want to talk to either their doctor or their medical provider, is this something that you have people, have people asked you about or address as a concern? Absolutely. Um, sometimes um, the um, questions don't get asked in the doctor's visit that the client really wants to um, get addressed. Um, So, and um, sometimes um, clients may feel maybe a little anxious, um, have that like white coat syndrome sometimes uh, where their blood pressure kind of shoots way up um, just because of maybe some nerves, some anxiety. So um, it's helpful to have that preparation. So, um, you know, as, as nurses, we are advocates, that's sort of our, our line of work and, and working, um, pr- um, protecting the health um, and uh, wellness of our, of our clients. So just, uh, I would absolutely say that um, it's so important to, you know, try to be prepared going into a doctor's visit so you feel more comfortable, more at ease, um, so that all your questions um, do get answered or your 
concerns that you want addressed um, do get, um, uh, you know, uh, answered by the provider, whether it's, you know, the, the doctor, the nurse practitioner, or the physician assistant. So. Great. And what are some suggestions that you have for individuals um, when they're getting ready to go to a doctor's appointment or they have something they want to discuss or address with uh, their medical provider? Yeah, so preparation is so important. So it starts even before going into the doctor's visit or if it's a telemedicine visit um, through audio or just like a video visit, there's things that you can do to prepare um, for those types of visits as well. So it's helpful to kind of get um, frame of mind of what type of visit is it? Is it a sick visit? Is it just your annual wellness visit? So those are things to keep in mind. Um, you really wanna share things that are pertinent to the provider that you're seeing. So. Um, you know, you, you may not, um, you know, talk about a specialty kind of thing if, uh, if it's, you know, for um, your provider, your primary care provider, preparation for the um, doctor's visit, it's helpful to know what type of visit is and maybe the type of provider it's going to be. Is it your primary care doctor or is it a specialist, maybe like your lung doctor, or your cardiologist, there may be different things that you um, keep in mind to prepare. Um, you you want to maybe write down, I always encourage um, my clients to write down a list of questions that they have for the provider, um, any kind of concerns that they may want to share if they might get nervous, it's written on the paper. So it's that reminder for you. Um, it's helpful to have a list of all of the medications and even those um, herbal meds too, they, they do interact with your other medications, your prescribed ones. So it's good to have a complete full list of your medications and also how you take them. Um, sometimes we find that the provider is unaware of what other prescribers may be ordering. So it's helpful again to know that um, polypharmacy piece, which can be so um, prevalent in our, especially in our um, geriatric population, we really want to try to reduce the number of um, medications if, if they might be causing like adverse reactions because of a side effect and interaction with other medications. Um, actually, I want to, that's a good point. You don't really think about the um, other herbal supplements that you might be taking or um, things that you're doing maybe for other conditions that it might be important for all of your health providers to understand what you're taking and why. Um, is there a, a place people can write that down or keep it? Do you have suggestions for people for how that's communicated from one provider to another? Yeah. So, um, a lot of times your medications are listed in a patient health portal. So many providers, um, have an electronic, um, uh, access to the health record, um, and so it's a place where you um, have a list of medications. Um, and that's why it's important to kind of share maybe those over-the-counter meds that you're taking as well so that they, the, that provider, that office can enter in. Usually it's like a medical assistant that may enter it in. And then when the provider comes for the visit, they confirm, is this what you're really taking? Um, so that's um, helpful to kind of put it in the patient health portal. Um, we also have, um, there's a lot of different apps online that you can use to help um, organize, um, you know, keep track of your medications. There might be reminders too, in case you need those. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes it's helpful, especially if you're on uh, medications more than once a day. Sometimes people are on them like even four times a day. So it's hard to keep track when you're so busy in your life. Um, and we really want to make sure you're adherent to taking the medications when you should be taking them at the right time. 
Um, so I know um, in our Center for Healthy Aging, we um, hand out patient healthcare organizers and they have like kind of a, a list of um, not just your medications, but like other things too that um, may be helpful when you're going to the doctors and um, you know, you, it has maybe a list of your allergies, your, your medications, um, how you take them. Um, and, you know, we recommend that you write them in pencil just in case the medications may change at the visit that you're always really keeping an accurate up-to-date medication list. So sometimes they don't get updated, but um, usually providers are pretty good at printing out after visit summaries with a list of the most current up-to-date medications. So, and then sometimes people just like to use their computer and they like to do a bunch of printouts when they go, if they have to go to the hospital and you know, you're going to be um, asked, you know, what medications you're taking. And sometimes, you know, especially our older adults are on maybe 20 plus medications. So um, it's really hard to like have it all in your brain and remember, mm -hmm. um, especially when you're going through a, an acute sick episode. So um, just having that list or, or maybe you're unable to verbalize um, and advocate, you know, what the accurate list of medications are. So, um, but, but the computer is, um, is always a great place to store and then always the important thing is keeping it up to date too. So you might want to say as of, you know, this date it was changed or this provider changed the dose to, to this so that it's, um, you know, just very visible and, um, you know, it's, it's keeping track of all, all those notes. So. Okay. And for all our non tech people out there and for some, even the computers tech, they can always write it down, right. Um, and provide a, keep a handwritten account of what they're taking. Now, one of the things that we hear from individuals often is that they're not necessarily comfortable telling their provider that they haven't been taking the medication as ordered, or maybe not at all, because it's something that was ordered for them and they want their medical provider to be happy with them. And so they don't tell them that they haven't been taking it, or they don't tell them that um, maybe the effects of it haven't been working well for them. What are your suggestions or comments about that? Yeah, so that's a great question. And I think, um, you know, I don't want to speak for anybody, but, you know, I might, if that was me and that was the case, I might feel like I might have a label put on me if, um, you know, it was prescribed so many months ago at the last visit and then you come in and, you know, it hasn't been filled or, you know, they, they know those kind of things, the providers, they can have access to those kind of records too. But honesty is really the best policy. And um, if you feel if at the visit and you say your symptoms are, you know, haven't improved and they don't know that you haven't been taking it or you just haven't been taking it, you know, every day, like maybe you forget a couple days here and there. So maybe you don't really know the true effects because some medications take a couple of weeks to kick in, um, like our antidepressants. So you, you won't know like the next day after starting an antidepressant, if, you know, it's really worked or not, you know, so, um, and there might be titration of doses too, but, um, so it's, it's good to, um, just, you know, share, you know, yeah, like, you know, I, I meant to, and you know, there's what the barriers were, you know, is it, is it a cost thing? Is it, um, financial constraints? Were they not able to afford that brand name medication? Cause the provider wants to work with you. And so maybe I'm um, just, you, you know, being open and honest and, um, you know, sharing that barrier that, you know, maybe they can offer you a sample in the office. Maybe it doesn't need to be, you know, uh, you know, more of a long-term medication, but maybe it's just, you know, for a couple of days to uh, make you feel better. Um, or, um, 
Yeah, so that's um, so that's just uh, one suggestion. So okay, and not every medication works for every person, and there can be difference in treatment. So we really encourage people again with using their voice and um, looking at what their right is in order to receive the highest level of care that's best for them. When you're self advocating, talking to making sure your providers and talking to your providers about um, if you want to take a holistic approach, is there something that is not traditional pharmaceutical and more um, herbal related that could be substituted or what happens if you substitute something while on something else. And so making sure that people are, are really open with anyone that's prescribing for them or treating them so that they're getting the highest level of care. And we often hear that people are intimidated by their physician or sometimes that visit, but ensuring that the reason that the provider is there is they want to make sure that the individual has good quality care and that no one knows um, you better than you do. And so making sure that your provider knows you in the same way that, um, that you know you and that they have a full picture of what's happening is really important. Um, what do you think people need to be prepared um, and the information that they should have going into a visit? Yeah. So um if so, again, thinking about what type of visit it's going to be, so maybe they're going to share test results, or maybe they're going to get a new diagnosis. So maybe they want that support person to be there, maybe just for like emotional support. Um, it's it's not to um, uh, it's there's there's no negative connotations if you do have another person present for your visit. Um, it doesn't um, have any standing of reflecting of. Um, you know, that you're not capable to do the visit on your own, but um, it, they may help you physically getting into the office too. Maybe they, maybe it's a little bit more tiresome when you're used to just, you know, mainly going from room to room in the house. That's pretty much your day to day, especially in the last like year with the pandemic. We, most people haven't gone too far. Exactly. Um, so, or had a chance to travel even. So, um, but um, yeah, so that, you know, that you might even want to consider like medical transport, you know, or uh, somebody to help you, you know, assist you when, when you're going to the doctor's office, um, you know, again, bringing that list of medications is so important, that complete list. Um, and, um, you know, just, uh, just coming with that list of questions, um, or just having that, um, you know, a couple seconds to think about. Um, you know, because these visits can be very short, they might be even 15 minutes long. So you're really trying to make the most and it's great to have small talk and we want to make sure that you have that personal touch and that connection with that provider and, and catch up. Um, but we also want to make sure that your medical concerns or questions are being addressed as well. So um, that's why you're paying for the visit. Um, so, and it's, it's just helpful to share like the whole complete picture. So, you know, and I think you mentioned earlier, Marie, like it's so important that you share that your personal preferences. So there may be beliefs that are kind of getting in the way. So sharing kind of your what your goals are and, you know, things may change as you get older, what your goals are for quality of life and even, um, even considerations for different treatments even. So just where you are in your stage of life and maybe, maybe the st um, stage of where you are in your um, long-term health condition, if you have one. So um, it's, it's just important to, um, you know, be true to yourself and, 
um, you know, say, you know, share, like, you know, making sure that maybe the advocate person is there and being like, yeah, like I never report pain, like, oh, I'm, I'm fine every day. And then like your daughter happens to be there at the visit and she's like, oh no, like Dr. So-and-so like that, that's not the case. Like sometimes I, I see her in bed like all day long. And, um, you know, it's sometimes that um, kind of that traditionalist generation where, um, you know, everything is good. They're, you know, very agreeable, mm -hmm. but um, it's not going to help impact the kind of care that you want. So, um, you know, beliefs can pay, play um, such an important role and have such an impact on our ability to adhere to a care plan. So just keeping that in mind, too, and wanting to share and communicate if you have maybe um, personal beliefs or even religious beliefs or cultural considerations that may um, change um, and impact your ability to adhere to um, what they're recommending for, you know, for the visit. So sometimes there's different, yeah. um, different types of um, healthcare issues, such as like through end of life, or there might be some rituals or dietary is huge in different cultures. So you may be on a, supposed to be on a strict diet for a certain health condition, like maybe a low sodium diet for somebody with congestive heart failure, but you love you know, like your, you know, seasoning packs that have loaded up with sodium. So, um, fish. <laughs> so, you know, like the, they taste so good, but you're going to, you're going to see it on the scale. You're going to have that, maybe some of that fluid retention and mm -hmm. have the extra water weight. So um, just keeping in mind too, because um, I think it's important that you don't um, assume the doctor or whoever the provider you're seeing knows those things about you. So sharing whatever those personal, cultural, or religious beliefs are, because um, you know it's it's important that they're on the same page as you, so they can offer maybe different things or meet you halfway and come up with something that's more agreeable to you and in, in your way of life. Some other solutions and. You, you brought up a couple of things there. One is the support person. And I know I've shared on here before um, that my husband passed away, but when he was very sick, you know, I've, I've done this for years and I have um, good insight and knowledge base related to medical care and advocating for myself and others. But when you're sitting in an appointment and you were talking about getting a new diagnosis or um, treatment options. It's a lot to take in and remember, even if you are the support person or the individual receiving that information. And I've been looking online and you're right. There's a lot of new apps out and some that let you record the conversation with your provider, and then you can send it to other important individuals in your life. And I think that's extremely helpful. I found that helpful because I could also go back and listen to it. And there were often things that I, um, I wouldn't say missed, but didn't hear or maybe heard and wasn't able to react to in that visit or in that moment. And when we listened to it later, it actually brought up other questions that we maybe would should have asked in the moment, but didn't, but wanted to follow up with. So I'd really encourage people to look at some of those apps. And if you're not a techie person, even bringing one of the old fashioned little recorders with the little mini tapes or something where you can tape the conversation, speak to the provider about it and let them know why you're taping the conversation, that it's important for you to be able to listen back or uh, share that with your support person if they're not able to attend um, and really take in everything that they're talking to you about so that it is a true partnership instead of sort of that um, hierarchy of provider services, you want someone that's going to be your partner in your care. Um, 
Yeah, and I, I just want to share, Marie, um, your your experience and, you know, unfortunately, like what you had to go through with, with your husband passing away. And I'm sure you were the best advocate. Um, it's it's family. And, and also, even with, you know, all of your experience and, and advocacy and, you know, long-term care and, and just, you know, fighting for, you know, protecting the rights of clients. Sometimes when it's, it hits home, sometimes when it's our family and, and they're going through, you know, a, you know, severe illness and it's life changing. It's, it's, you know, it's hard. It, things kind of go out the window sometimes all those, you know, years of experience, but, um, you know, looking back to and reflecting and it's, it's so important to kind of develop those advocacy skills because, um, you know, it's really making sure that maybe when, um, the client is unable to vocalize um, what their wishes are, what um, you know for for their life, for um, their healthcare plan. That you are their voice because you know them so well, and maybe maybe you've been fortunate to have those conversations even before they had that illness, and that's something that we encourage in the healthcare world. Is um, well, I'm glad to hear that. We talk about that a lot, having a playbook, right? Having, having yeah. things written down in those discussions. So people know what's important to you and how you see your best day. Absolutely. It's yeah. Because sometimes, um, you know, you, it, it's, it's hard to, you know, focus on, you know, what you want to do in this situation. And it seems, you know, it seems very stressful and, um, but it's, it's nice, big picture. If you had that, like, you know, conversation with like a loved one earlier, um, before that, like, you know, disease process happens so that, you know, it's, you don't have those external or internal stressors on you and you've had a chance to really think about it. So, but I know it's a hard thing and no one really wants to talk about what you would want in certain, like, you know, life events, you know, what, exactly, what your wishes yeah. would be, but, um, you know, Better it's to know really, ahead of time, right? Yeah. So, um, but yeah, it's, it's always, you know, it, it makes it, I think, easier for the person who, who's has to advocate, you know, so, you know, that it, sometimes there can be that burden, you know, so um, you, you feel like you've had that conversation or, you know, it's, it's, there's the guesswork is kind of taken out of the picture when, when you've had those conversations and, and there's actually a lot of different resources, even on the um, internet, um, for different, um, kind of templates and, and different, mm -hmm. um, for advanced, you know, care planning and directives and, um, but your, your doctor, your provider is definitely a person that can help guide you. And it sometimes is a very difficult conversation, but, um, we really want to make sure that it, that, um, conversation is happening and, um, and not just at certain points in, in your life that, you know, that your loved ones know what your, your wishes are. So, so exactly. And it can impact you at any point in your life, right? You don't have to be an older adult. This should be a conversation that people I feel are having regularly. It's the greatest gift you can give your family and loved ones to know what your wishes are. Mm -hmm. And we're actually going to have um, a future podcast on that um, related to advanced directives and making sure that people are well-informed and how to start that conversation. So leading us into one of our, our next uh, podcasts. So thank you. But as we're getting ready to close, tell me, what do you think you should do if you don't agree with something your provider is recommending? So they come to you, they say, this is the course of treatment that we're recommending and they go right into it. Um, but you feel uneasy about it, or, you know, you're, you're just not going to do it. Um, what are your suggestions for individuals that, um, that feel that way? 
Yeah, so that's a good question because you want to stay true to yourself and then you do have that kind of moral distress if you are like being agreeable and, you know, or you just don't have that time to process. Sometimes it's good to talk to other loved ones that know you really well and can help kind of, um, you know, bring up important points that um, that you maybe hadn't considered when, you know, making that decision. So um, it's it's helpful if you, um, when the doctor, you know, is, is giving you recommendations or advice on a certain, you know, on your certain health condition and you're disagreeing with that provider's advice or recommendations, it's always be honest and um, just, you know, um, you know, saying like, these are my goals of care. And that way the provider um, has, um, is more aligned to um, what you, um, what your wishes are. So, um, you know, maybe it's, you know, I don't like going to the doctors as much, you know, it takes a lot out of me, you know, I'd rather, you know, just be at home more and spend time with my family and my loved ones. You know, it's, I, I hate taking all of these medications. It's, you know, it's, um, it's, it takes a lot of work out of me and, you know, it's hard to, you know, digest them or, you know, it's, um, you know, I'm, those are, I mean, and it's not just, you know, kind of end of life, like scenarios, but it's really about quality of life because you may have a disease process at any age in your life, but it's really making the most quality out of your life. So um, just giving like those insights to the provider to kind of see where your head is at and what is important to you, because that may change um, after your life experiences. So, um, and it's okay if you don't tell them like, you know, give them an answer right away. Like, you know, in that visit, sometimes you may think I need to think about it. And that might help if you need a second appointment scheduled with maybe an advocate or support person there. Um, that way you have time to digest and um, just, you know, sometimes people need some time to reflect a little bit when it's um, a kind of a life-changing decision. Mm -hmm. um, and there's usually like a social worker or some kind of like case manager. There's usually somebody that can be an advocate for you um, professionally in the office. Um, and that's a good person to reach out as well if you're having conflict and um, maybe the provider wasn't, you know, uh, uh, wasn't very like tolerant of, you know, your um, sharing, you know, your honest opinion about, you know, disagreeing with, with those recommendations. So, um, you know, that, um, that other professional person in the office might be able to help you that social worker case manager, um, so that um, they're advocating for you as well, but also they have a different perspective through mm. like healthcare and um, so um, just so that, you know, it's, it's helping find like that bridge and bridging that gap, you know, where people are on different pages. So, um, but if it's really gotten to a point where it's causing a lot of distress and the provider is adamant that, you know, that you follow these, you know, recommendations or guidelines and you are um, adamantly opposed to it, it's, it doesn't agree to you and um, then maybe you should just find a second opinion and, and maybe it's time to kind of look at mm -hmm. even considering a different, you know, provider um, in the same field that, um, so um, you really, it's all about, you know, being able to trust your provider and being able to have that back and forth conversation. Like you said earlier, it's that partnership. It's not like where one person has more authority or, um, you know, just has, has more weight as, you know, just, you um, 
you know, ha has all the say. And so it's really um, just sharing, sharing that with them, how they're, how you're feeling and, and maybe the reasons why maybe that provider can actually help connect you to services or where there were gaps in care, why you said, you know, no to the medication or no to the treatment. Did you not have transportation? Was it a financial cost? So really kind of getting down into what is the barrier to adhering to the plan of care as well. Getting to the base of the yeah, there's a concern. lot of different yeah. layers. So, um, but if you are honest and mm -hmm. are forthcoming, then that provider can kind of get a glimpse of, you know, the why, and mm -hmm. that might be helpful for them in supporting you as well, or offering you a different alternative that makes you know more sense with you. I like the second opinion suggestion as well because sometimes you just don't click with someone, right? And I'll, there's a lot of different providers and a lot of areas of expertise. Um, and I know there's some uh, medical providers that I feel very connected to and other ones where they, I just don't feel like they get me. Um, and so I think for individuals to understand that that's okay. And you can say, thank you very much. Um, but I'm going to seek a second opinion or uh, look for someone that maybe is more on the same page. And you brought up Again, it could be fear, it could be financial, it could be religion, ethnicity. There could be someone that you connect with that has a certain, um, whether it be religion or ethnic background, where they may understand why you're feeling certain ways about um, a care provision and, and you're able to, I don't know, talk with them more openly. I think that's important as well. Well, thank you so much um, for joining us today. Any um, closing remarks or last words, things that you would want to make sure that our audience today um, takes away from this conversation? Um, yeah, and thank you. It's been a pleasure to um, be on this podcast with you, Maraid. And, um, you know, I'm all about, you know, uh, advocating for, you know, what the preferences are for our clients, especially those are those who are most vulnerable and, and may not have um, all the tools or the resources, but um, it's okay. You don't need to be in healthcare to, you know, advocate and know how to talk to your doctor or your provider at these kind of appointments. Um, but just kind of know where to turn, you know, that it's okay to have a support person there um, also advocating for you. Um, you know, we, we say like, um, you know, two sets of ears are better than one. So just, um, different perspectives too, and they might hear different things. Um, so, and, you know, just taking notes can be helpful too. Um, and then you can kind of look back and compare. Um, and, um, and then you can do some more research too, um, so that it's really an informed decision that you're going to be, you know, sharing with your provider. Um, and then really being, you know, honest and, um, cause it's all about, um, that, um, communication and uh, making sure that your voice is heard, your concerns, your questions are being answered. Um, but also, um, and I didn't mention this earlier, but like the teach back method is, mm. is so important too. So um, in terms of um, there's health literacy and really making sure that you're understanding um, the, you know, the conversation as the provider thinks that they're presenting the information to you. So um, sometimes um, in, in healthcare, especially and probably other disciplines too, um, you know, we recommend using the teach back method whenever we're providing any kind of education. And it's a way to kind of assess um, 
what the, um, the client has, um, you know, retained in information. And it's a way of sharing it and their own asking them to repeat back in their own words. Um, really, it's, it's plain language, trying to not have medical jargon in, in those conversations, but just plain language to really make sure there's that understanding, because that may play a huge role in your ability to kind of adhere to the plan of care. So just understanding is, is so important, as well as um, communicating your personal preferences or, you know, whether what other, you know, whether it's cultural or religious, you know, beliefs, you know, and, and just being on the same page and letting them know that, you know, like, you know, I, I've changed my mind about this. And, you know, I, I've had a chance to kind of think and, you know, so um, just being honest wherever you are in, in your life so that um, your voice is being heard. Well, thank you. And I appreciate that. And the going back, the, you know, being able to say what I heard, this is what I heard. Am I correct in what I'm hearing? That's a great point. Um, so thank you so much for being with us today. And for our, the one point I wanted to make for our individuals in um, long-term care communities, really asking to have privacy for your visit. If you would like, if you share a room, if you're in a space where there's other people and you want to be able to speak with your physician or your healthcare provider privately, making sure that you're, um, that you have the right to that, that if it's a mental health or mental wellness appointment, that you have the opportunity to speak privately. And that some portions of that conversation, maybe you don't want shared um, with anyone else, even if they are um, your support person or your identified um, next of kin responsible party, that you do have the right to that privacy um, with any healthcare provider, but especially for um, mental wellness. And that that's so important. So I just wanted to highlight that. Um, I want to thank everybody for listening today. And Katie, thank you so much for being here. Um, we will have future podcasts related to your care, your rights, and your voice. Please listen wherever you um, listen normally for your podcasts. And we look forward to talking to you in the future. Information about this podcast will be listed beneath it. And Katie will put up some of the points and some of the resources that you have for people. And um, we'll talk to you all soon. Thank you.